sir. The entire unit was wiped out. Those three are still alive. Yes, sir. I recovered all of Rex's dummy warhead data. No, sir. My cover is intact. Nobody knows who I really am. Yes. DARPA Chief Anderson knew my real identity, but he's been disposed of. True. The Inferior One was the winner after all. That's right. Until the very end, Liquid thought he was the lesser clone. No, sir. No one knows that you were the third one. Solidus. Yes. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. President. John, John, we're here. It's June. Yes. And if you remember, all the way back in the Game Awards, how we said June was going to be fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so far, so good. Uh, the two big releases, Diablo 4 and Street Fighter 6, are sitting at an 89 and 92 for yeah. Street Fighter 6, respectively. And we're just getting started because we got E3-esque events. So we got Summer Game Fest. We got Microsoft's Xbox Game Showcase. We got Final Fantasy 16, like, yeah. yeah, June's hot, man. Um, <laughs> you know, and and it just once again proves that Capcom is on fire. They cannot miss. They don't know how to make bad games anymore, uh, which is really exciting. You know, that's to, to get a a solid launch of a Street Fighter game, especially when you compare it to the launch of Street Fighter V. Pretty pretty sweet. I know I got a couple fighting game fr- uh, friends that are excited for that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is always we. I think we said it on the last show, the show before. It's the most wonderful time of the year, man. This is yeah. this is where all the cool stuff happens. Yeah, and Capcom's gonna keep it going with Exo Primal, right? Listen, <laughs> you doubt me. We, I, we we made a bet on the show that it would be, I think, eighty three, right? That's, right? that's the threshold for right. uh, if I owe Nick a pop or if Nick owes me a pop. <laughs> Um, I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Like okay. I, I don't, I played it. We both played it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't true. that good. That's true. But it's also not my kind <laughs> of game, so I can't. I feel like judging. All it right. Capcom doesn't miss, man. When's the last Capcom bad game? Bad Capcom game. Hmm. That's true. It's it's. I couldn't tell you actually. No. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yep. <laughs> All right. But also, what's great about June is the Days of Play promotion from Sony is back again. And it's a, just a site-wide sale on the Direct, on the store, but more importantly, on the subscription. So right now, you can get a PlayStation Plus Extra subscription, that great service that we have been raving about. You can get that for 75 bucks. That's less than $7 a month. It's one game. <laughs> That's one full-price game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what you just got, what, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Horizon Forbidden West alone this year. Uh, you should be... Taking advantage of this, yeah. easily by one year. I don't least. want you as a listener of this podcast. If you <laughs> if you are not just that smart of a person to just subscribe to it, and, you know, unless if you just know, like I play Call of Duty and FIFA, that's yeah. it. Also, I'm just kidding. I love everybody that listens to the show. Um, but yes, definitely jump on that, folks. It's this is uh this is probably PlayStation's most all encompassing sale. I think that they do. You know, they yeah. have their huge like 
Black Friday sales and stuff, but this covers hardware, this covers subscriptions, gear, swag. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's it's usually like I feel like the sale that they they mark all the big games off a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get your yes, new releases. You're going to get, um, I th you know, Jedi Survivor. I don't know if Jedi Survivor is one now that I say it. I'm just trying to think of no, new release games. No, I don't games. think so. Um, but, like, right. Sifu, I think I've, I see on sale for the first time. Um, you well, know, your God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, things all like the first-party games are on you sale. You know, so, uh, so definitely if there's been some big games you've missed, check it out. Destruction All-Stars, $10. <laughs> just wait for Twisted Metal if you're trying to get a, a car fix. Um, but, yeah, check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, I, Levi. As, as discussed on this show, is like I was like, I'm probably going to cancel my subscription. But like at that price, and I know it's like you're just like, oh, it's just $25. Yeah. But it's just like, got it, like less than $7 a month. It's just worth it, even if I'm only playing a couple of games a year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, at least one or two more months this year, we'll get a day and date release. You know, we just got Humanity, got Chio. Already those two games this year, you know, I think if you bought them a la carte, it'd be 60 bucks. So And, and there was Stray, you know, game of the year Stray. <laughs> I love cats. Meow, meow. Before we leave talking about the month of June, it's also a special month because it's John's birthday. Oh, you're <laughs> going to do that to me. Yes, it is. So hopefully John will get to play a lot of games on his birthday. Yep. If any special significant others are listening, give John some time with some video <laughs> games. It's all he ever wants. You know, it makes him a happy boy. It does. Uh, truthfully, that is my birthday <laughs> wish is just to... Yeah, have a day. Beat Elden Ring. Just that's... have a day. Yeah, beating Elden, Elden Ring would be actually that'd be a. Re I could probably time that well. If I get my video game day, I bet you I'll beat it because I'm, I I'm just about at Mikella, which I think means I have like, wow, three or four like necessary bosses left. So you know, yeah. Oh boy, that's a long time coming. <laughs> I love that game, but that game has just been like this little fly on the wall that I just can't seem to swat. <laughs> You know, especially, you know, as we'll talk later, you know, I'm playing through a, a really hot release right now that just I really want to keep playing and I can't. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, I mean, I can, but, you know, it's it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. But thank you, Nick. <laughs> yes, my I will be 34 years young. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about on this show, so we're going to get right into it. And this is how the show works. John and I both bring three things for a total of six things. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, or a comment on our YouTube channel. Subscribe there at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we feel like it, and we talk about it. And John... I'm going to let you go first because we're going to move on to a very, very big thing. Yeah, buckle up, folks. Uh, the time <laughs> has come. We've made it. Um, we are, of course, talking about our top 50 PlayStation Pals games of all time. Um, you know, and this is the this is the heart of the heart of the list, one through ten. Mm -hmm. So, you know, buckle up. These are our passion games. These are the games that made an impact more than anything else, and and you know, got us addicted to this hobby that we obviously love. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, Nick, if I keep talking, feel free to just shut me up, smack okay. me. Because, okay. you know, again, some of these are, are super <laughs> special to us. So Sure, sure, sure. So we're going to get started off with maybe a game that I would argue everybody listening to this podcast probably has never played. Um, and I would also argue that it's not as good as some of the games that came that we've already listed, like The Last of Us and Final Fantasy X. However, 
This is a game that's very special to Nick and I. It's kind of the game, I think I've t- we've told this story on the podcast, that you know got us to realize that, oh shit, we're like the same person and we both like games to th- at this level. Yeah, did we just become best friends moment. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we are talking about 1993's Treasure, Treasure's first game for the Sega Genesis, and that is Gunstar Heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gunstar Heroes is a side-scrolling 2D uh, shooter uh, that is incredibly... Um, chaotic, incredibly kinetic, but my God, if even today, 30 years later, it doesn't look absolutely beautiful, has some amazing, amazing music um, that really just carries you through this levels. And, it, and this really is a quick game, but obviously, as you can tell by the release date, it was really important to my childhood, obviously Nick's as well. I, I am younger than him, but not by much. And uh, it's just a one of the easiest games to this day for me to sit mm-hmm. down and just play. In fact, you know, Nick and I, when we realized this moment, we had this tiny little like Raspberry Pi thing uh, at work, and we we sat down and played it, mm-hmm. and we didn't have to tell the other person a goddamn thing. <laughs> no. We just knew all the secrets, we knew all the ins and outs of it, and it was just really really fun. But you know, the game's set up in a way where you kind of go through four main stages, get through those stages, and you're going to go into another one, and then you know, kind of like do some big boss battles and uh, a couple other stages as you go through. You can really beat the game in about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's just so nostalgic, so joyful. It's just, it's it's a video video game-ass video game. Yeah. And uh, I, I fucking love it. Good co- couch co-op game, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's The art direction holds up. The music is just awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. We have featured it on this show before. And just as as a, for a shoot 'em up, the ability to just like combine different gun abilities yes. and and it use two of the same. Like you can have two power ups going at once, and they're different colors. Uh, everything in this game was based on colors. The main character is red, blue. The main protagonist is green. Antagonist. Antagonist. Sorry. <laughs> we don't like and, him. And uh, all the all the gun abilities had different colors as well. And uh, yeah, you could combine and mix them, and they all had a kind of a crazy uh, combination of things that you could do with it so everyone could play a different way you know yeah it's like you know green green was like the heat seeking weapon fire red was the fire obviously you put both of them together you're gonna have this fire heat seeking thing that you can direct around the screen yeah you want two greens it's just gonna make your heat seeking shit fucking obviously more powerful and Mm -hmm. a little bit a little bit um better tracking but yeah that type of shit i love i still to this day combining abilities like binding of isaac and things like that i love that stuff and that might be why is that game i don't know right yeah, and and to mention a game that would shoot up to the top of our list of most anticipated, if anyone would get the license to remake this game or make a sequel to this game in a modern <clears throat> art direction of any kind, that would that would be my number one game for sure. That would just be a dream come true. Do you have any developers that you would that you would want to be in charge of that? Definitely, who I don't know their name off the top of my head. Whoever did Streets of Rage Four. Like if you could uh, take, yeah, if you could take that, if they could take that's that, good, that's good one. and that like modern, even just that same art style, but apply it to Gunstar Heroes, and just think of like the, because there's a lot of great levels in that, the, the airship, the the mine level, like where yeah. you're just each riding mine carts and defi- fighting. You can bounce from, you can ride on the ceiling, you can ride on the floor. Yeah. Oh, it changed. I'm <laughs> on the left and the right side. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's just cool. there's just so many things that could be done with a modern uh, remake of that game that would be very fun and very very popular, I believe. So. Yeah, I agree. I just if if they were to either remake it or sequelize it, don't make make the scope still nice and small. Yeah. Make it a twenty dollar mm-hmm. game. Yeah. This is not something that needs to be blown up and and you know have a, a fifteen hour campaign. Just no. Just give no. it more of the same. Yeah. That's all you need. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you need. But 
I will never, never forget that game. Yeah, this was probably, that was probably the most unique game on our list compared to anybody else's list is going to be Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I am pretty pleased, you know, as I got older and I was like, what are the best Sega Genesis games? Because that's what I do in my free time. I look yeah. up lists and ranks of everything. Yeah. And it's usually like the first one mentioned. Oh, okay. It's like it's way up Oh, yeah, there. for Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Genesis doesn't really have too many bangers. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good All stuff. right. So now we're going to go across the, the console war to the Super Nintendo and we're going to pick our greatest Mario game on the list, and that is Super Mario World. This came out in 1990, was the, Crazy. you know, launched with launched with a console, you know. This, this was the reason you got a Super Nintendo. And, uh, yeah, again, just like Gunstar Heroes, just great gameplay, great music, great art direction. This is where you get introduced to characters like Yoshi. Um uh, Yoshi, <laughs> Yoshi, uh, <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> no, it just it introduced the cave mechanic. It yeah. introduced yeah, different colored Yoshis, the red Yoshi, the blue Yoshi. <laughs> Nick loves Yoshi. How many Yoshi plushies do you have in your bedroom? Oh, it's just full of them. I just, I just lay in it like a, like they're a bunch of puppies. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really again it, it kind of just took you know Super Mario Brothers one through three were very good games, but Super Mario Brothers three. You know, had, our world had to build on those and be its own thing. And, yeah, it brought that. It brought the world map. It brought tons of secrets, all the keys that would open up secret paths in the, the overworld, the whole star map. Just, it was just great. Yep. Just childhood bliss. Yeah, this is, you know, this is just simply the culmination, I think, of 2D Mario. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like like Nick said, building on everything that came before it. I, I would, if I were to say, like, the one that, you know, I think of most fondly back in the day, it was probably three, but I'd be lying if I said that World didn't do everything it did, but better. Um, and what I really think about when I think of this game nowadays is just how deep it truly was. Like, there are so many different f- ways that you can manipulate Mario in that game to get him <laughs> to do the things you need to do. Yeah. And not to mention, like you said, the amount of secrets that there are. Like, when I played through that game as a kid, I didn't know that there was fucking shit, like anything. I was just like, mm-hmm. what are these weird dots on the... That's, okay, I can't hit it. I guess mm-hmm. I'll just get to the end of the game. Right. And then you get older, you're like, oh, there's all these secret hidden things. And there's a secret world. There's a secret button over here. And yep. uh, just really ahead of its time for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I would, you know, Mario is as popular 40 years later as it is, it was back then because of <laughs> games like this, you know, because of, yeah. of uh, you know, just solidifying itself as the best out there. So mm-hmm. this was IGN's number one game of all time before Breath of the Wild came out. So, you know, it's, okay. it's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it all is. All right. Now, this is, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the list now. It looks like two of the rest of the games are John exclusives, and one might be yours. Two are yours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is one of mine. Um, I think anybody listening to the show knows that the Soul series is, uh, I'm one of those guys. It's just I'll, I'll eat up anything that comes out of From Software. Um, but I, I truly think the best of the bunch uh, is 2015's Bloodborne. Um, PlayStation exclusive from From Software. I believe it's, it was a second party game, so PlayStation helped fund it, which is part of the reason why you know we haven't got a sequel yet. I think there's a lot of things kind of trying to be figured out between From Software and PlayStation as to what they want to do with it. But you felt pretty strongly about it being at the showcase. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> we don't talk about the showcase. No, it wasn't that bad. Um, but this game, you know, built upon my love of Dark Souls and just made it. It improved the setting for me. I think um, Yarnum and just the gothic setting that this game has is f- is 
amazing. It's just it. I love that vibe so so much. I like the rally mechanics. You know, kind of removing mm -hmm. the shield, which is what I I. The shield is what I relied on to get through any of Dark Souls. Like right. I could not get through any fight without parry. Wait, slash. Ugh. So I would just do that over and over again. But to kind of just eliminate that entirely, put a gun in there that could stun enemies if you hit the right window, and then just kind of wanted you to keep attacking to just you know replenish your health. Right. Really smart way to do it to just engage to to force the player to engage in a little bit more of an aggressive way. Mm -hmm. um, and just like all the lore implications that kind of come with this game, you know, it starts off super creepy, you know, everybody's in their houses, there's monsters roaming the streets, and then you kind of get to a point in the game where you realize that like, oh shit, I can kind of see everything that's going on right now, and it's <laughs> fucking scary and freaky and weird, but like, again, in the best of ways. Um, and, you know, don't need to say anything really more about From Software on a, on a combat level or boss design or enemy design level. But again, mm -hmm. I think Bloodborne is the culmination and the best of that, with maybe the exception of Elden Ring. I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still, uh, still feel like I've seen 20% of that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bloodborne, um, you know, has, if, if there was a sequel, it would immediately shoot up to the top of my most anticipated. <laughs> and um, I, I, I do, to this day, I do think we're eventually going to get it. I, I don't. I know Sony's not stupid. I know From Software's not stupid. If they were able to make a sequel to this game and, and implement some of the Elden Ring type tendencies into it, mm -hmm. it would it would murder. It'd murder yeah. everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Bloodborne. You know, it's I got to get back and platinum it one of these days. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so one that I don't have. Saying. I know. <laughs> Time is an illusion. Yeah, it's funny because before Elden Ring, this those was the game they'd say would convert you. Like if the Souls games weren't doing it for you, like you play it, you bounced off of the Dark Souls. One through three or Demon Souls. I was like, play Bloodborne. You know, this will be the one to get you. And you haven't touched it, have you? No, I've never played it. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that should that should speak to how strongly I feel of this of this game. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Nick hasn't even. I, I forced. I held him down. I said, Nick, this is going in the top ten. <laughs> All right. So moving on to number seven, and I don't know if we timed this perfectly, like this intentionally, but maybe we did. Lucky seven. But. Uh, <laughs> There are a lot of watershed moments in gaming. I would say Ocarina of Time was, you know, bringing a 2D game to a 3D plane was a watershed moment for Zelda, right? Zelda Ocarina of Time is this masterpiece of a game. And I would say the same thing on the PlayStation side, and that is with Final Fantasy VII. For many people, this is the de facto JRPG of all time, including myself. Uh, again, I was the right age it was the right time and um, i remember being over a friend's house and just playing you know six hours straight and that just got us out of the opening city and then and then you get to the world map and you're like holy fuck what yeah. the hell <laughs> 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 and uh just talk about a game with amazing music god the music is iconic you can play a song from this and anyone will know what it's from exactly uh to amazing characters cloud tifa red 13 sid you know, all the characters that I'm excited to see in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth when they appear, but that appeared in this game. And just the, just a great story with a, a bunch of great twists, a phenomenal ending. Uh, just, just This was like people's introductions, the 3D JRPGs, and it was incredible. Like, what other game could have a summon that lasts like eight minutes, you know? Like, <laughs> you, you, ra you would raise a gold chocobo, go to an island, get a summon for Knights of the Round Table, and then you would sit there and watch it do a bazillion damage mm -hmm. as every Knight of the Round Table attacked it. You know, every so. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not skippable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah, just, you know, just one of those formative games for me is that really get me hooked to video games. And, 
you know, and I've played through this game a few times, and I definitely plan on playing through all the remakes that are upcoming. So, you know, that's why it's on the list and at number seven. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I, I feel like I might have been two years too young. You know, mm-hmm. if this came out, what, 97, 98? 97. 97. So I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, just, it was just a little too intense for me at that point. But I did go back and play it later in life and, and definitely understand what it truly did for video games and the things that it shifted in the industry. Um, I've, I've beaten the whole Midgar section. I've gotten to the, op- <laughs> the, the overworld. And at that point, I was just like, I don't know what to do. And, like, you know, this is before quest, quest markers and things. You're right. like, literally, you literally, if you're not paying attention to what the NPCs are saying to you, right. you're lost. Right, right. And so, um, but, you know, yeah. It, it, I, don't, I think if you were to build a Mount Rushmore of video games, Final Fantasy VII would, would be a, a very strong candidate for that. Yep, so. yep. I agree. I agree. All right, Nick, this one, you know, <clears throat> maybe the most talked about game on the show. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, you can just sit there and be quiet for a mm-hmm, while because mm-hmm. because you truly don't understand what it means to be a great video game. No. Um, but, you know, whenever I think about my my favorite game of all time, it's I used to always be a Final Fantasy X. And then I would shift and it was always, no, the new God of War is, is, is what it is. But after making this list... And looking at all the games that I forced high on there, this it might be my favorite game ever. I don't know. <laughs> it's really hard for me to make that statement. But Near Automata did something to me. Um, she made you a man. Made me a man. <laughs> Two B and me. <laughs> but this this game, it it was just a, a an emotional experience that I don't think I'll ever forget, video game or not, until the day I die. Um, and not to go into this too in depth because, you know, the combat's great. It's made by platinum. It's fast. It's kinetic. It's fun. Um, but the, the two things that really set this game on the top tier for me is, uh, in my opinion, it is the greatest soundtrack that's ever existed in video games. I think it's just from top to bottom, incredibly well done. You know, it's not for everybody. It's, it's kind of ethereal and weird. And, you know, the languages that are being spoken aren't any languages because this game takes place 11,000 years after humanity has basically fallen. So like, you know, these are, this is a world inhabited by androids and robots. So they're doing their best to kind of replicate that. And that's kind of like the, the, the direction that Yoko Taro had with this game. It's just every, Every inch of it is intentional and designed um, to feed into a, a greater thing than itself. So, and the other thing is the the narrative, of course. And what I want to focus on specifically, at least right now, is just the ending, which I think I've brought it up a couple different times. But this game has twenty six different endings, but five of those are important to beat to to see the whole game through. Mm-hmm. Fifth ending being the last one, and the ending of this game, you fight the credits as a little white triangle and go boop, 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 boop. and you're fighting the credits as they come down and like as you hit the credits little like balls will explode from them and some of them you can dodge through some of them you can't and then you go through and, and it, as the credits come it just becomes flat out impossible like you cannot get through this but you don't know that that's how it is right <laughs> and so you're going through you're beating your head against the wall you've probably lost 10 15 times not seeing how the fuck you can get through this and then you get a little message on your screen that pops up that says is it all pointless? And you go, what? Uh, no. So you hit no, because it'd be weirdo if you hit yes. And you try again. And then you go again, and you go again, and you beat your head against a wall. And then a couple tries later, it goes, do you, think all ga- do you think games are silly little things? And you go, what? No, I don't think games are silly little things. And you try again, and you keep going, you keep going. 
And as this is happening, some of this amazing music that I've talked about so, so much is playing in the background. It's kind of like nice and soft and like you just, you know, relishing in the fact that you beat a game that you obviously truly loved, at least I did. And then you keep going and then you go, do you admit there's no meaning to the world? <laughs> okay, okay. And again, you know, again, you're, this is a philosophical game. You've gone through this whole thing realizing like, are androids people because they're self-aware? Are, are robots people because they're self-aware? What makes a human? Yada, yada, yada. And then you get one that says, give up here. Yes or no. And you'll hit no. And you'll try again. And you say, give up here. No, no, no. <laughs> Until eventually you hit yes. And then you're going to get a rescue offer from a random username. And this username is, in fact, somebody that beat the game. And as, again, I, something I forgot to mention, as you're, like, going through these different prompts, you start to get little messages that are popping up on the screen. It'll say, like, you got this, Germany. Okay. Uh, don't give up. I believe in you, France. Uh, you, you know, Japanese characters, Japan. And you're realizing that these are messages from people that have beaten this game. And once you basically say, I want to receive help, the music shifts a chorus choir starts to come in and you start to get little ships alongside your ship and you can destroy the credits and the music builds <laughs> and everything's amazing you know and like and the the words in the song shift to different languages like german or french or whatever to like kind of really give you a sense that like this is a bigger thing than yourself and by the time you get to the end of that with the story that you've been provided during the game it's just it it truly it makes it, every single person that I feel like I've talked to that gets through that part is like, did you cry? Yeah, I cried. I did. Uh, every YouTube person I've seen does because it just does this thing so beautifully. It's such a nice touch. And I, I applaud Yoko Taro and that entire team um, for the thought and creativity that went into something like that. You can truly feel the heart in the entire thing. Um, and that's, again, you know, alongside just fun, fast shooty shooty sorty sorty combat um so I'll, I'll kind of stop there but i really encourage people to give near automata a shot don't just put it down immediately because you know the first playthrough which takes about six hours is different from the second which is different from the third you kind of bounce back in the fourth to go through something you know it's just it's this whole package that ties together so well um and i absolutely love it yeah i need to just buckle down and just give I it a real don't chance. I don't want you to at this point. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> because I know you're going to be like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, as, as hyped up as it is. It's, yeah. Well, uh, you're, you're the one who always tells me, it's like, you can't hype things up to people too no, much because no, no, then they're going to come no. away with it like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, so. they'll, they'll, they have to come to that yeah realization naturally, not forced. Usually you can't go, oh, this is the greatest thing of all time. And they come yeah. back and they're like, oh, you're right. It was the yeah. greatest thing of that all time. Happen. You know, like it just doesn't work that way. So. But that being said, I would love it if you played that game. Yeah. I did try it, and then I, I don't remember. I, I bounced off of it, and something else came out. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, but I should give it a copy waiting shot. for you whenever you need it, bud. <laughs> You're okay. holding on to that forever? Yeah. It's are, you, are you sure you can take it down from the shrine you have built? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should. I really should get a 2B, like a, a near Automata shrine. You know, I thought I – thought, <laughs> If anybody knows what disc plates are, they're like these like really super nice like metal poster things you can get. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and I've I've thought about like getting like like a two B one and nine S one, like a little the, the, the little um pod little pod guy that you have. Don't want don't lean too hard into it. One thing. Why not, Nick? It's amazing. Then you're gonna look weird. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'll look weird for two B. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, but well, let's. Come on, and then the game sold almost 8 million copies at this point. So, like, come on, sequel. Come on. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, I know. I know you're chopping at the bit. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's now, move. Now, friend of the show, Will, I know this whole time you've probably been like, where is it? <laughs> where is my game? Yeah. So, here you go. 
Uh-huh. Yep. So number five, we're going to go with 1998's Hideo Kojima Masterpiece. I know we hate Death Stranding on the show, but I truly am a big Kojima head, when it, especially because of this franchise, and that was because of Metal Gear Solid that came out on the PlayStation 1. Uh, this was just a transformative game for me. Uh, and the, the first thing was is because not only did was there voice acting, there was a lot of voice acting. And you might roll your eyes now at that because, you know, at Kojima Games, there's just uh, dialogue after dialogue after dialogue. Explain this fictional technology here. Explain this and this. And there's so much of dialogue in his games. But back then, games just didn't have that. They didn't have full open dialogue all the, all the time and not this good. You know, David Hayter's Solid Snake is perfect. All the voice actors in that game are perfect. And, you know, and when you... If you ever look up the history, it was like recorded in someone's basement in their house. Like all this really? voice work for this game, yeah. Um, I think it was Chris Zimmerman was the voice director for this, and uh, yeah, that just blew my mind. Just like how much? Wow, this is like watching a movie. Like it was just an interactive movie that I could play, and I don't know. I just really got sucked into the espionage action of the whole thing, the twists, the turns, you know, the aha moments, uh, you know, the Metal Gear, you know, questions. Um, Metal Gear. But also, you always sound like he's asking a question every time. <laughs> Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, the Kojima-esque gameplay designs that were put in that. Like, to beat uh, Psycho Mantis, to, yeah. to change controller ports to beat him. Legendary. To, yep. To having to look up a codec that was on the back of the box of the game. Like, the case that you bought it in, you had to look at that to get a specific codec to get in contact with Meryl. Like, it's just... Like the original like, <laughs> troll, dude. He's like the original troll. Yeah. He's like, ha-ha, you guys want to yeah. see this coming. Yeah, nobody thought of this stuff at the time. And really, not a lot of – they don't really do it now either. Like, no. there's not a lot of fun outside the world or, you know, kind of fourth wall breaking elements in video games typically. Um, but this game had it all and is just, again, it was, it was the right time period. It is really kind of where I moved away from gameplay first and more into story and characters I, I value those more more over gameplay. Like I can, like I I can overcome bad gameplay if the story and the characters are there, and then Metal Gear Solid kind of ushered in that transition to more mature games, and and we're the opposite in that regard. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I um, you know, I did again. I didn't play this when it came out. I I was a little too young. I think I I don't think my parents would have liked me to be playing a game with guns like this at that age. But, um, yeah, what a, what a what a trend-setting, important game. Um, you know, it really, yeah, it really just showed you at this time of, of video games, not, at, not that they were in their infancy, they've been around for 20, 25 years at this point, but it truly showed you what games were capable of and the stories that you could, that could be told in these environments when all you really had before that was like the peach or the peach, the princess has been captured. You got to go get her or Sonic the Hedgehog right. where you're just chasing a guy, mm-hmm. the robot dude. Mm-hmm. And to, to put this level of production behind something mm-hmm. um, is pretty cool. I do. I, I'm glad you brought up the Kojima messing with people and like with the, the controller ports and stuff. I remember when Death Stranding was getting announced and was getting ready to come out. People were talking about like, oh, what could is he going to mess with us again? And there was a, there was a rumor I remember that 
Uh, he was going to somehow tie in people's social media accounts into it <laughs> so that you could like legit like from your phone, like post messages and things into it. And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty, pretty cool. I don't think that ever came to fruition, but no. he's always thinking of weird ways to do things. I think he had a Game Boy Advance game or something like that where you had to you had to. Use the sun to. Mm, I think it was like buck tie or something. Yeah, something like that. It would like <laughs> you you use the sun uh, solar panel on the machine to charge your attacks or something in the game. It, it, something weird like that. But Kojima's a master at that stuff. Well, remember? Do you remember the lead up to Metal Gear Solid Five? Not really. All the fake the fake company, the Swedish oh, yeah. company, the fake designer making the game and all that stuff. Yeah, that's why I, abandoned the abandoned rumors <laughs> went fucking nuts because yeah. of everything he did with that. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, he's you know, he's he's a he's a character, man. I mean, he gets a little meh sometimes with me, but I don't think there's there's denying that during his Metal Gear Solid 1 2 3 days, it was just it was all mm-hmm. all gravy baby. Yep. All right. Uh moving on, another, you know, as we get to these final ones, guys, you know, these have all been talked about probably <laughs> pretty extensively, so um don't have to go into it too much, but Hades Hades, the game from Supergiant, 2018, I want to say. I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, but uh, perfect game, uh, incredibly well done from top to bottom. Gorgeous, gorgeous uh, art direction, incredible gameplay, tightest controls you could possibly feel. Going off of the Gunstar Heroes things, just the combinations that you can receive to let you destroy your enemies mm-hmm. with a, a engaging story along the way and the music that fucking slaps every inch of the way as well, um, you know. All, all these games are incredible top to bottom experiences, but this one, I really feel like when, you know, as I've said on the show sometimes, I really got to stop saying as I've said on the show because I say it all the time. Um, well, some when, games we've just brought up so many times that it's... Yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> this is one of them. But, you know, I, th- I feel like you do need to evaluate media as a what is it trying to accomplish and what is it trying to do. And this one nailed it 10 out of 10. Uh, it was just perfect for me. Absolute perfect game. Can't wait for the sequel. Yeah, I wish we were doing live reaction shows for the yeah. Game Awards because then we would have really seen John just flip out. Like yeah. he would have been running out of the room. Is that, hey, is that, is that the music? <laughs> is that the Hades music? Yeah. 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 And as, again, it was in our top 10 PS5 games. It is a perfect game. Every time we can get someone to play it, they love it, yep. I think. Yeah. Is, is your boy Brian still? Uh... No, he's, he doesn't count. Okay. He doesn't, but, he doesn't know anything about Rocket League. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just near perfect. And from, a, you know, Supergiant Games, a very small studio where, you know, you got people working on the game, doing the voices and stuff like that. And just to have that kind of product like that. And, and it's getting a sequel. It's great. It's, mm-hmm. and pff, yeah. That, that is, it is one that I, I would recommend to any single person who says I like video games. Just yep. try it. Yeah. Just fucking try it. You know, it came out at release at 30 bucks. You can get it now for like 10 or 15. Like, right. there's no reason if you're into video games in 2023 that you haven't at least tried it. It is in that days of play sale. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So we're really getting down there. Number three. <clears throat> this game came out last year and it's not Elden Ring. Mm. It's God of War Ragnarok, the sequel to God of War 2018. And uh, again, as we were doing the show at that time and the lead up to this is, you know how much we love this game, how much we love 
what Sony Santa Monica did, what, uh, well, not Corey Barlog. I forget who the director. Eric Williams. Oh, good. Look at that. I know things. I know things. <laughs> and Christopher Judge and uh, was the, cre- uh, the Atreus actor. Sonny Soljic. Yeah, there you go. Expert right I love this here. game. <laughs> <laughs> what they did with this sequel and, you know, one of our biggest complaints of God of War 2018 was enemy variety and not enough big boss fights. Well, what does God of War Ragnarok do? Change it, <laughs> increase the enemy variety, and have one of the best boss fights we've ever played ever in our life. Um, boy, I'm really spacing Garm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it conquered all that. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I, I question bringing it this high because, you know, we a, I played it very fast. I played it in, like, a week's time. And then we all, I also, when, you're, when John and I, we platinum games, I platinum this, and the platinum is a bit of a grind. So you kind of come away with like not the not the greatest taste as you did like right when you finished the story. Like, oh my god, I can't believe what just happened. Mm-hmm. But that's looking back on it is like absolutely this game belongs here. It belongs in number three. It is the it is right now the flagship game for an entire platform, the PlayStation Five. Yep. We you get a PlayStation Five number one on the list that you play this game. You know you have to play it. Yeah. Um. You know, the, I, I love this trend. I feel like we've we're we're in a in in right now where if a game or a movie or something comes out and it's exceptional, you can only release an, a sequel to it if it's better. And it, <laughs> it seems like you know, God of War Ragnarok did it, Tears of the Kingdom did it. You know, uh, as as the day of we're recording this, it seems like the new Spider-Man movie is doing just that. So, yep. you know, this is just one of those examples. And um, you know, as God of War 2018 is one of my favorite games of all time, and this just took everything and ramped it up to 11. Um, from the story to the encounters, you know, I, I still think of that line at the end of the game, you know, spoilers for the game, or and also 2018. Um, you know, Atreus, his real name is Loki, and he kind of, you know, it's a coming-of-age story. He needs to go out and become his own man and, and not live in the shadow of his dad anymore. And, and when Kratos finally accepts that and he goes... Um, Loki can go, but Atreus stays here. That like I I can't not think of that moment and just like get a little bit teared up as a as a dad. Yeah. Um. And that is something interesting, you know, Nick, that you love this game as much as you do without the dad angle. Um. Because like, it, of course you can. Like, it's a, a phenomenal game, but just adding that extra layer to it is sure. just a little special something too. And um, you know, I I know they've said that the Norse saga is over. Maybe we'll get into Atreus game. I don't know, but one thing's for sure is Kratos ain't Kratos ain't gone yet. Like the, the, it sold too much. Mm-hmm. It was too critically well received. There's no reason not to keep this franchise going. Whether that's in, you know, are we get to go to Egypt or do we just figure out a way to continue this in some way? But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. needless to say, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> All right. So this one. Probably the most controversial game I've ever, <laughs> I've ever experienced in this industry, with maybe the exception of Hogwarts, because that was that was a whole shitstorm. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, we got a sequel to another game we saw on our list, number 13, which was The Last of Us. We got the sequel, Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. and this game immediately came out with a ridiculous amount of conversation around it. Well, there was the leak. It got leaked. Got leaked two months, I believe, ahead of time. And so you found out, uh, spoilers for The Last of Us Part Two. I would hope everybody's played it, but what? You saying no? I don't know if you should say oh, it. Oh, because of, of, of the show. Because of the show. Sure. Yeah, we'll stay away from spoilers. There was a very, there was a very important narrative point at the, at the early part of that game. Mm-hmm. 
that got leaked and caused all sorts of fucking drama. Mm-hmm. And then when you com- you compounded some other things with it, like Ellie being gay, her having a, a partner in the game, um, the main antagonist, you know, kind of being a more masculine looking person. It just created this horrible, toxic environment that to this day kind of pisses me off. But I'm not going to linger on that. This game, <laughs> uh, it had the narrative impact of this game. It, it, it left you feeling something. Not great usually. It was usually a very bad no, feeling, but no. like at I think that you cannot fault a product for the type of feeling you receive. It it, it set out to make you feel a certain way and it did that incredibly well. Yeah. Um it and it it gameplay wise, it improved everything that the first one did, you know, from being able to go prone to just having a little bit more visceral like up close encounters, the shooting felt better. Um and you know, getting to continue the story with Ellie, you know, this is they say the, the first Last of Us is about love, whether that's love in a good way or love in a bad way. This one is about hate and revenge, and it you feel that the whole way. Um, you know, there's a there's a narrative shift halfway through that you know kind of throws people for a loop. But again, Naughty Dog did such a good job with this one, and I feel like I do have to spoil this part of it because this is exclusively for the game, I think. But you start playing as Abby halfway mm-hmm. through the game. Right. who is the enemy of Ellie, right? And you spend the first half of the game playing as Ellie, everybody we love, and you have to play as this girl. And she does some things that you know make you immediately not want to be her. But by the time I finished my playthrough with Abby, I loved her almost as much as Ellie. I think Naughty Dog did an incredible job make humanizing these people, making them feel real, making their, their struggles and their things, um, you know, making you understand them and you kind of putting yourself in their shoes and... Um, you know, it's 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 an incredible, incredible game. Uh, I I will judge you if you say this game is not good. Um, <laughs> you know, I will tell you you don't know anything about. Video we'll give games. your argument first. No, nope. we'll go from there. Oh no. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean you can make an argument about the narrative shift in the middle. That's fine. You know, there's yes. some pacing issues. I get yes. that. But that is not a reason to say this game is anything less than a nine. It's incredible. <laughs> and like to go on to, you know, the Metacritics and see the user scores is like a five point five. It's just it's just Whatever. it's stupid. Do it's stupid. It doesn't now. matter, but it every game pisses me now. off. Oh, yeah. Tears <laughs> yeah. of the Kingdom gets the review bomb, so don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it was funny because when you were talking about Nier Automata and what they what is so high about it for you was the emotion and I instantly thought of Last of Us Part Two. I was like, that is why this game is so high. You know, we play so many games throughout the year and the years. And if I ask you specific story beats about a lot of them, you're probably gonna be like, I don't remember. But Last of Us Part Two, you're gonna remember a lot because there's just a lot of things you'll never see in another video game. This is Naughty Dog's, you know, up to now their magnum opus, their best playing game. Do you remember that little rope that you could carry around yeah. and move around the, the environment and then cling onto things? And it was it was just and then you could roll it back up in your hands and then do it, all kinds of things like that. I've heard developers say that that is like maybe the single greatest example <laughs> of, of black magic fuckery that's ever been developed, with maybe some exceptions of Tears of the Kingdom. But yeah. Yeah, and just, just a good feeling game to play. That's why like we're excited for factions mainly is because this game felt so good to play. Like a multiplayer game would feel so good in this in this engine, it's so well perfected and so fine tuned, and the options Ellie has as a character and Abby are just so good. And yeah, I think I think people, the the backlash on this game is because people saw the leaks and they didn't have a lot of the context. And I think when you play the game with with and have that context inserted, I don't think you'd feel the same way. 
not even close. Yeah. Like it, if you're a rational person. Right. <laughs> so, and yeah, it's just the game that you'll, that'll make you feel a lot of emotions. I don't know about, I wouldn't say revenge, but I de- definitely hate is, is definitely a very powerful emotion. And the game really, really wants you to feel that. And you do. But at the same time, at the, by the end of it, you're just exhausted. Yeah. The, the hate is exhaustion. You know, like there's nothing, nothing comes from hate. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, like, like with Batman, like, you know, he's always telling the story of like, if he ever killed, you know, the person that, the person that killed his parents, he would just be an empty husk of a man because it doesn't fix anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So just that hate goes nowhere. It's just, just fills you. It robs you of, of reasonable uh, decisions, uh, valuable relationships. I mean, where what it got Ellie at the end of that story is not anything, not good. No, just, <laughs> just two less fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just this game is in this game is incredible. I need to play through it again. I'm yeah. waiting for, um, you know, some kind of PS5 release for this game to play it again because I was just I was just like distraught. Like it was just like I I couldn't I can't go back and and, and know what I'm going to experience and experience it again because there's just so much to be like to be bummed out about a, a lot of emotions to feel and well, you're yeah. already kind of a person that like, I feel like you're a very empathetic person in the sense that when you watch something or when you experience something you kind of get you get so into it that it, mm-hmm. it, it affects you I remember you coming into work after beating that game you're just like like it was one of the hardest things I've ever done I'm like really yeah maybe I'm just a I am that empty husk of a man but either yeah it's it's incredibly emotional and um yeah, we, we love Naughty Dog. We love The Last of Us. And, you know, God, I can't wait till, you know, 2026 when the show comes back and when they can cover this game because it's yeah, going to be. It's going to the internet. I, <laughs> it's going to be wild if they follow the game to a T. Yeah. It'll yeah, be wild. Which I think they will. I, so I agree. They, they should. All right, Nick, bring us home, my dude. All right. So we're here we are. Number one. The, our, of our favorite games of all time. Saints Row 2021? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and this will go back to when John and I first met and we realized we were both into video games. John asked me this very question. And he framed it as, what is the greatest game of all time? And my that was my answer. This is my answer then, and it's our answer now. We had the same answer. <laughs> and that is The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, the 1991 game on Super Nintendo. Uh, it encapsulates everything that is a perfect game. Perfect, perfect world, perfect story, perfect uh, art design, perfect gameplay, perfect music. Just everything about it is just... It's it's what Nintendo does best. There's some kind of magic that they infuse in their all their games, and from this game on and before that, uh, you know, that they that they do that just makes their games incredible. And yeah, this was this was it. This was the yeah. magnum opus of Nintendo, in my opinion. Yeah, this is this is one that does you know it, it holds up in today's light. But if you were to travel back in time, 32 <laughs> years. 
and play this game and realize the things that it's doing and the, the systems that are being established that are going to carry on for years and years and years to come, I don't think you'd be able to really kind of wrap your head around how much it's truly doing. This is the mm -hmm. third Legend of Zelda of all time, like f third one ever. And this was the sequel to a side-scrolling. Link's, Link's <laughs> Zelda 2 is a side-scroller game. So what this game did, it, it established the overworld that we have come to know, you know, the mm -hmm. Kakariko village and Hyrule and where everything is placed. It established the dungeon format where you're kind of going into different dungeons, getting different abilities that let you kind of go to other areas. Yep. Establishing everything that this series has come to know. And I think when you, you know, we talk about that Mount Rushmore of video games, Zelda's not a, it's not a conversation. He's on there. <laughs> it, it's, it's Zelda and Mario are the two surefire things that would be on there. Link, I'm sorry, Link would be on there. Yeah, and it's just the and impact that this game has on everything. You can see elements of this in every game, even now, you know, when we talk about Hades. Part of that feels like you're playing A Link to the Past. Yeah, that top-down that top, down, that top down feel. Um, you know, I, I think, I'm sure there was top-down games that came before that. Even you could argue the very first Zelda, but... What they were Nintendo was able to do on the Super Nintendo, it's mm -hmm. just like I can't I can't believe you know Nick asked me before the show started like what what year did Link to the Past come out I was like I don't know ninety three, which like that's only a two year difference but like that it's crazy that Super Mario World and in a Link to the Past came out a year one year after each other, and just revolutionized everything that was possible in games, um, and like I said it still holds up I will go back and play this yes. game. Um, that's big. You know, which you can't really say about like something like Metal Gear Solid. Even trying to play like Metal Gear Solid nowadays, it's like, this, this, no. I can do this, but it doesn't feel good. This feels good. Even Twin Snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's 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 our favorite Zelda. You know, there's there's people that would probably argue Ocarina of Time or whatever the case like that. But I think um, when you just evaluate the quality of a game with the impact of a game and um, the timing that it came out is just unrivaled and that's why i think it's our number one i agree it is incredible and i do think it's better than ocarina of time i'm sorry i agree well yeah. obviously because it just takes to... all the, ele the elements of that game and just brings them into 3d z targeting was a smart idea but you know hook shot boomerang oh so many other things well boomerang was before this game but uh, a lot of elements were just taken right from the link to the past the other world that you went to that was in a link to the past oh. you know so yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was all there. So, yeah, just an incredible game. And, yeah. I Did you ever watch, like, like was your introduction to the game, like, literally just, like, sitting down and be like, what's this? Oh, what's this? Again? Like, was that your introduction to this? Because for me, it was, I was wa I would watch my cousin. My, oh, cousin, okay. my cousin would play, and he'd just, like, what is like, I don't want to play it. I don't know what I'm doing. But, like, I would just sit there and just watch him and just watch him. I don't remember, like, the first time I played it because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. So I, it was definitely with a friend. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember the opening to this day. I remember a lot of the elements to this day. I remember the ending to this day. It's just, like, it's just steered into my brain because I've probably played it, like, ten times, you know? So it's just yeah, you incredible. It ten more times in your life, man. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I should get on a playthrough of it. Yeah, so there you have it, folks. That's that's our top 50. Uh, obviously, I'm sure there's many people out there that are listening and they're like, well, you didn't have this game. Let us know. Let us know yeah, what we missed. Yeah. Let us know, you know, what would be in your list. I know, obviously, Will, you're going to have Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Good. That's a good list. That should, <laughs> should have been the top five. Our top five? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it just goes backwards. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5, number one game. Um, but yeah, let us know what we missed. Let us know, you know, because I'm sure there is a game in it. I'm sure there's something that we left off the list. 
Yeah, and I actually want to do a segment after all this uh, summer game fest nonsense gets behind us that uh, the games that got to the cutting room floor that had we not had to succeed, you know, to Nier Automata, to Metal Gear Solid, that what would go in its place if we were to put the game, the next game in there. So uh, I, I expect that to be a future topic of games that did not make the list. So Sweet. So you got to recap the top ten? Sure. Right. Number 10, Gunstar Heroes. Number 9, Super Mario World. Number 8, Bloodborne. Number 7, Final Fantasy 7. Number 6, Nier Automata. Number 5, Metal Gear Solid. Number 4, Hades. Number 3, God of War Ragnarok. Number 2, The Last of Us Part 2. And number 1, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Great. So good. Yes. Pretty good game. Pretty good list. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that took a lot of time. Yeah, what are we at? Like 40 uh, minutes already? 50. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll try and go quick here, folks. All right. So we're going to move on to our next topic, and that is Summer Game Fest predictions. And if you're not aware, as we mentioned uh, when we are talking about the PlayStation Showcase, is Keeley has another big event coming. He kind of has three big events now, Summer Game Fest, GamesCon, and the Game Awards. Well, we're on to Summer Game Fest. This is airing on June 8th. It'll be on at 3 p.m. Eastern. And uh, this is what we know so far going into it. We know that Alan Wake 2 gameplay reveal will be there. And we know a Mortal Kombat 1 gameplay reveal will be there. Uh, we do have a rumored Final Fantasy demo in the ether. Uh, some people have noticed it on the PlayStation Store, but they can't download it. And uh, this showcase does play, take place exactly two weeks before Final mm. Fantasy 16 releases. So that is a very likely thing to happen. Okay. In fact, I would almost guarantee it. That's what we said about some other things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and, we, and this does exist around other showcases. Not only are there smaller showcases happening that same day, Devolver Digital is having an event. Uh, Days of the Dev is going to be that day. But we also have the Xbox Games Showcase on June 11th and Ubisoft Forward on June 12th. Uh, Ubisoft has teased Avatar, The Crew, and Assassin's Creed, and something new, and mm. that's it. I hope they killed X Defiant. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I wanted to start here first, and that is Sony. As you all know, we were very dissatisfied with the Sony Showcase. Uh, last year at the Summer Game Fest, the big reveal there was The Last of Us Part 1 existing and factions being worked on. So that was Sony, Sony was the big closer to that show last year. And so that's where I want to start first. And that is, is Sony going to be there? And what do they have to bring that they did not bring in the showcase? Um, you did get the Ratchet and Clank PC announcement. That was mm -hmm. a, one of a rumored PlayStation game was going to PC, and it is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yep. Sony already announced that, so that's off the table. What could they bring, John? So uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a Last of Us level thing from Sony. Um, <laughs> it just it, it doesn't sit with me that they would not bring something of that level to a showcase. It, mm -hmm. it just simply... That I, I can't explain it any more than that. So what I think we're going to get from them is a new game announcement. but And it's going to accompany another trailer for a show that's coming out soon. 
<laughs> I think we're I think we're gonna see Twisted Metal, and I think you're gonna get a new trailer for the show. Bravo, bravo! I, yes. I believe we had that prediction for the showcase itself. Yeah. But yes, I think that that vibe fits well. I think the level of excitement fits well. It kind of goes off of the live service announcement that they've been talking about, obviously, overwhelmingly with the showcase. The show is July something. Yep. July. So it definitely fits the timing for that. And I think it's the time that you announce the game to and kind of just know, drum up the excitement. You know why I think you're, you're right on the money here mm. is because unlike the Sony showcase, Game Fest has a stage presence. And a stage presence means Jeff Keighley can interview people. Anthony and, Mackie. And he can interview yeah. Anthony Mackie and Will Arnett or anyone else that's in the, in the Twisted Metal show. Who's and the wrestler? Samoa Joe? He's the, yeah, but he's just that. He's just a body actor. Yeah, Will yeah. Arnett is Sweet Tooth. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be shocked if that doesn't come true. And I think you are right on the money. That is exactly where we're going to yeah, so. I'm pretty. I'm Bravo. pretty. I'm pretty sweet, dude. Bravo. I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, we did make that prediction at the showcase, but I think you're right. The, yeah. When I just had the thought that Anthony Mackie can be there, I'm like, that is a sure thing. Yeah, a broken clock can be right twice a day. All right. Is that is that the only one? Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier and I was like, oh, I bet we can see some gameplay from Fair Games. But like I was looking and Haven was formed two years ago. That seems quick. You know, granted, I'm sure they're getting a lot of help from Bungie and other teams, but um, I after I looked into the timing and the dates, I wasn't as confident with that mm, th- that feeling. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So no, that's, that's all I got for for Sony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and the only other thing I can think of that would be smaller, but also again, why wouldn't it be at the showcases? You know, a first party VR title that it necessarily mm. isn't Team Asobi, but it very well could be. But if any of their other teams have some kind of side project. Where you know Insomniac seems to be able to work on multiple games at once, saying you know five or six games at once for some weird reason. Um, I'm just joking. They work at like <laughs> two to three at a time, it seems. You know, but uh, you know that they might have a VR title. It would seem like maybe this would be a good place to show it. You know, and because because it seemed like the Snitch and Tom Henderson seemed like they had multiple announcements that were held from this show. And like I said, we got the PC Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart announcement. It seems like we would have other announcements as well, but yeah, you know what? You know what? I have uh, often forgot about studio, first party studio, Sony London. They did Blood and Truth. Okay, you know that could be a, a likely candidate for somebody working yeah. on a VR title. Um, and what was the other one that I just and uh, Fire Sprite? You know, I feel like I don't. I, I hate God. I hate that they have Firewalk and Fire Sprite because I'm <laughs> I, I get them confused in my head so but much didn't now. They were gonna call the mountain though. It's true, but how big is the team? And, like, right. you know, was the sure. entire team working on it? Because I know uh, they did the Persistence VR, which was a, a game that they released before they were purchased by Sony. Uh-huh. So they obviously know their way around the platform pretty well. And it, it could be a situation where, yeah, they have, you know, a couple teams going. But, okay. you know, again, because Sony has this fostered this ecosystem, like, you know, it doesn't <laughs> say that, hey, we need some help yeah. over here. It's like, okay, right. you know, go, go assist for a little bit. So, yeah. Okay. All right. And then moving on. To other predictions, these games have showed up at the Game Awards and Summer Game Fest before. Do you think any of these games could show up? Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, Hades 2, Armored Core 6, Death Stranding 2, Honkai Star Rail, Crash Team Rumble. Yeah, some of those are definitely going to be there. Uh, Death Stranding 2, I think, is probably a very, very good uh, guess. Hideo Kojima and Keely are boys. 
Um, Honkai Star Rail, I think, will definitely be there as well. It just came out on mobile, and it's going to be coming out on PlayStation soon. Um, and I think that's a, the level of a, of a thing for this. Do um, you mind reading those games again, Nick? I, I lost. Uh, Phantom Liberty, Hades okay. 2, Armored Core 6, Death Stranding 2, Honkai Star Rail, or Crash Team Rumble. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Cyberpunk's going to be at Xbox. I believe leaks a lot more. I, I believe that leak that happened uh, a little bit ago that they said Cyberpunk DLC will be talked about at Xbox and some other stuff. Um, and Armored Core 6 and Hades 2. Armor Core Six, yes. Hades Two, no. Okay. And I, well, I brought well, and obviously more games were at those events, mm-hmm. but I brought these ones because they said next year. Sure. So Hades Two said maybe not release, but early access in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I would love it, Nick. I would love <laughs> it. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I I hope the team is is really taking their time with that, and I could see them totally just being like, we're just going to send out our own tweet post when like right. we're ready. Uh, but I think something like Armored Core Six, it's a larger profile game. It's got a it's got a imminent release date in August. Yeah. Like where else do you show it if mm-hmm. not now? Yeah. Like you know you can't really wait for Tokyo Game Fest because that's I believe after that date. Yeah, you just have GamesCon, but that'd be, I think, too soon, too close to the release yeah. date. Yeah, and there is a history of FromSoft partnering with Keeley for this stuff. You know, they've yeah. showed they've showed Elden yeah. Ring there. So, yep. yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't really think of that. All right, and then we can just continue on. Now we got the just kind of other predictions. Uh, the big one kind of being, you know, we just mentioned Armored Core 6 and his relationship with From Software mm-hmm. and this particular game. But we do we get Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree, is that here at this event? The rumors about that game are that it's <laughs> FromSoft was going to do two DLCs, uh-huh. but it was so big that they uh-huh. just decided to combine it. So I think I don't think I don't think we're gonna see it. I think that's a next year game <laughs> DLC, but I think it's going to be very much like a Bloodborne 1.5. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be I'm sorry, Elden Ring 1.5. Um, and I think it's just a little bit too early. And, and From Software is going to want to show... Well, by next year, you're saying two years after Elden Ring. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it'll... Really, it'll. Yeah, two years would be... Because Elden Ring was, what, February, I think? Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, it might approach that. But, like, Elden Ring is eternal, Nick. Like, you know, <laughs> they, they could release DLC for that game in 10 years and people would dust <laughs> off their PS5s and, and boot that shit up. Like, okay. you know, they don't need to worry about... I think the timing of it all, okay. especially since the way that they do things narratively, it's not like it's this cohesive thing that flows. <laughs> it's just like you know we're gonna pull this lore, this lore, this lore, yeah, this yeah, lore, yeah, yeah. and then pe- let people dissect it. So okay, all right. And then Electronic Arts does not have a showcase at all. Is Electronics Arts here? Is Dragon Age four? <laughs> poor, poor Dragon Age <laughs> here, <sighs> or any other of their properties? I mean, they do have. Um, Immortals of Avium, which we saw I at the could, showcase. I can see that here again. I can see that showing back up. Um, I don't know. EA is a weird company with me. It's like I almost intentionally ignore everything they do. <laughs> they, or, their games have never really bent for me. Or maybe it um, takes two. Sequel from Hazelight. I think that's a little too early still. I think that would be more like a Game Awards type thing. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I don't know with Dragon Age, man. Like this, it's been in development. We've known about it forever, and every single time they release something, it's like five seconds, and it's just Barely. like, yeah. And they're like, "We're still working on it. Here's some concept <laughs> yeah. art." Um, so it's got to come out at some point. But it seems like there has had a torch of development. So I'm, I'm gonna say, 
No. Okay. All right. I'm going to say EA is – is. no, they're going to be there. Of course they're going to be there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they'll have a big presence, though. Okay. Just All right. All right. And do you, uh, do you have any other predictions than what I've mentioned? I do. Okay. Um, so just looking at some of the partnerships, right, we see Sega on there. I'm going to say there's been rumors – we're getting a remake or remaster of Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi. <laughs> I think I think that's going to show up oh. here. Yeah, I know. Not my cup of tea either, Nick, but I know some people go crazy for that shit. Jet Set Radio is pretty good, but what level of remake are we talking? We, like like MGS Collection? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I, yeah, I think they would up-res uh, it. I don't, sure. think it yeah, I don't think it'd be anything special. Um, I think we'll see more Baldur's Gate 3, Larian Studios being there. That can be the only thing that that would be. But then my big, my big prediction, my, my thing that would, you know, uh, be awesome if it fucking happened is that they're going to close the show off with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I think they're going to show that off. I think I, they have seen tweets and things of the past couple of days saying, like, we're on target, <laughs> everything looks good, which I feel like they, the PR teams come out with, like right before they're going to show off something. So I'm going to say we're going to get a... Now, remember, we did mention that we expect, well, I mentioned that we expect a Final Fantasy 16 demo announcement at this show. Yeah, but you're, you're dumb. <laughs> you're saying on top of this, they're going to go and talk yeah. about the other, other Final Fantasy games. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's you know, this would mark I would probably the very, very, very end of the PR cycle for the, the pre-release Final Fantasy 16 stuff. Okay. You know, I don't think they're going to show us any brand new trailer. And if they do, it's just going to be a rehash of anything we've seen. Um, so I think it's time to, yeah, kind of get eyes shifted um, towards what's the future. And obviously that's the next huge game. It's it's slated for winter 2023 slash 4. Um, so... Yeah. It could show up at Tokyo Game Show. You know, it, it is a very obviously Japanese centric thing. But uh, yeah, that's just I'm just throw, I'm taking my shot, Nick. That's my okay. shot. Is is, is going to close <laughs> off with with Rebirth. All right. Well, the only prediction, other prediction I brought was that we haven't seen this game in a very long time, and that's Monolith's next title, the Wonder Woman game. Mm, good one. We got the Flash movie coming, which is rumored to have a Wonder Woman cameo. Uh, Suicide Squad has been pushed to next year. Uh, Warner Brothers will already be there with Mortal Kombat 1. So why not this as well? Yeah. Synergistically, it makes sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, when was that tease or announced? Was that like two years ago? Yeah, was that? I believe that was the Game Awards of 2021. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to talk about it at some point. Yeah. But... Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, another superhero title that we know of that's know nothing else besides that it exists is the Captain America Black Panther game. Like, yeah, there's that one out there, too. too. Um, but I think the Wonder Woman game would be more likely, you know, with that synergistic thing with the Flash movie releasing and, and it being probably a, a further along project that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, good one. All right. You, that's it? Yeah, I have some bullshit ones like Modern Warfare 2. We'll see stuff, but, like... Me Modern Warfare three. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, but I don't know. You know, yeah. they might tease. Uh, I could see them doing like an Avatar teaser and be like, "Stay tuned for the Ubisoft forward," and we'll, yeah. you'll get all your, very true. your all your shit. Very but, true. Because they do have Ubisoft listed as a partner, which would you know, like they have their own thing like four days later, so that doesn't right. make much sense. But no, that's all I got, man. Okay. That's all I got. I'm trying to keep expectations. <laughs> you know, well, where they need to be. <laughs> 
a show announcement here. Just like our reaction video for the PlayStation Showcase, we will be recording us watching the Game uh, <laughs> I want to say the Game Awards, but Summer Game Fest. It is reportedly two hours long. We figure, hey, we might as well sit down and watch the whole thing. Hopefully, we'll be a little more excited than we were in the, the Sony <laughs> Showcase. So... Uh, stay Maybe tuned. We, we to might get to see some Foam Stars gameplay. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, man. You want to see me get out of my chair. <laughs> uh, so maybe expect or expect that. And uh, our expectation is the show will be so big. So, again, we're setting great expectations for ourselves that our next show, episode 52, will just be all about Summer Game Fest. So stay tuned to that. Yeah. It will be regardless, even if the show's not incredible. Like, well, because we'll have to just bash Jeff Keighley then. Right. right. All right. Should we talk about some games, Nick? Yeah, let's talk about some games because we've uh, spent a few weeks off. So we're gonna. Sure. The first game we're gonna bring is that big reviewed game we talked about at the start of the show, and that's Street Fighter VI. Uh, two weeks ago, I put Johnny on the spot to play it with me. He did not. He Aww. let me down. But I quickly wanted to talk about my time with the open beta. Obviously, not much that needs to be more to set it because it's reviewing so well, but we'll touch on reviews too as well. Um, so in the open beta, you had access to the battle hub. And do you remember what the battle hub is? Is that the single player? No. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it kind of is because it's, it's where you bring your single player character into the online world. Okay. So you're kind of in this big lobby. It's really kind of clunky, but uh, you move your character around into some guys playing on a fighting arcade machine you can sit across them and you'll fight each other. No, <laughs> cute. Yeah, there's no like, you don't just enter into matchmaking, like anything, you, yeah, you'll sit down into the chair across from them and you'll fight. Uh, it's kind of weird because it's like kind of like PlayStation Home where you're walking around, you can do emotes. Uh, you can play old arcade games there. Like you could play- um, Old Capcom games? Yeah, old Capcom games, Streets of Rage. That's the one that I was in there. Um, and yeah, you can, you can go to a DJ booth and be DJing and your guy will be like bumping and it's just a bunch of absurd things. I don't, I don't know why you just can't have a straight, you know, matchmaking system, but I guess this was probably increases engagement. I don't know. Yeah, man. So, so <laughs> Gen Z people, man, they got to express their individuality. I'm just kidding. But anyway, I did play a couple matches. I played as every character that was available. Um, again, really enjoying the modern controls. Like, it's really nice to n not have to be like, oh, this is how I do an uppercut as uh, Ken. You know, I have to do this button input. It was just like, oh, the guy's in the air, forward triangle, bam, got yep. him. Yep. You know, just not having to worry of that extra element. Just worrying about timing, learning their moves, and blocking. That felt really good. Uh, that being said, <laughs> it still feels really bad to get your ass kicked in that game. Yeah. <laughs> it always will. Yep. When matches are, you know, even... Having a great time, loving it. When you play somebody who obviously knows what they're doing, it sucks. You how you get better though, Nick? How you get better? That's I don't what I tell know. My son every day. <laughs> I don't know how you get better when they're just pummeling you with a crazy amount of moves, and you can't even no. block them in time, and it's just. Well, the only way you get better is you need to fifty hours of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so pretty much. Right? Are yeah. you willing to put up with that punishment? Yeah, and I know I played Rocket League. I've, I've seen my skill increase just from playing the game a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, that still does not, uh, feel all that good. And even with the reviews, which I'll get into in a second, I mean, are you, are you in John? This is a 92. I, th <laughs> I no, okay. I want to be, but I mean, I bought Dragon Ball fighters. 
I bought Tekken 7. <laughs> I bought oh, Guilty God. Gear. Stop. Stop. I bought Mortal Kombat. Stop. 10 something. and 11. 10 and 11. <laughs> and I don't know if I did more than three fights in any of them. Okay. So, like... I should just buy this one. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah, full price. no, I, so I, I just really, really need to probably stay away from it. Okay. Because I, I want to. It's cool. Like, it's the most I've ever been interested in one. It's just, I would be mad at myself. <laughs> I already get mad at myself when I'm spending an evening playing a Rocket League tournament. Right, right. And if I'm then just going to be fighting probably yeah. you, like, because yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to want to go online. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just not going to be worth it. Okay. Well, it does have a lot of single player stuff. You wouldn't necessarily have to be. Doing all the it does, but is it is right. it really single player? Like it is, of course it is. But right. like when when the content is like go in this fight, go in this fight. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm just fighting still. Right, right. So, right. I don't know. Um, yeah, and and just like with Street Fighter Five, like I, this game is going to exist for years. Right. Where you're probably going to get a version of this game free at some point, and then the the ten DLC packs will be what how they're trying to get more money out of it. Right. You know so. But it, it is awesome that it's reviewing so well. I'll read a few reviews here. You know, IGN's Mitchell Saltzman had to say, Street Fighter VI is the most feature-rich a Street Fighter has ever been at launch. But even beyond that, its roster of 18 characters is excellent. The new mechanics revitalize the one-on-one -on -one fighting formula, and it absolutely nails all the little things that make it for a stellar fighting game. And then going on to Game Informer, Elijah Gonzalez said, between the cohesive aesthetic, the bounty of clever features, and Chris central gameplay, it's one of the most impressive entries the genre has seen in some time. Um, yeah. <laughs> can't, can't argue that. I mean, I, yeah, I pulled up the 106 reviews, and there's one six, one seven, and everything else is an eight or higher. Yeah. So overwhelmingly positive. If you're a fighting game fan, if you know your tastes, you will like this game. <sighs> yeah, it's really tempting. Yes, but, well, especially because yeah, you don't have a you don't have a game to play really right now, so it's the I'm timing looking. is yeah. I'm looking, yeah. and yeah, if Final Fantasy 16 wasn't you know three weeks away, you know that might also be yeah. a different story too. But uh, yeah, it, I'm sure it'll come back to this show in some format. Either you or me yeah. will 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 jump in, but not at this time. But I'm I'm really happy for Capcom. You know, as as we mentioned on this very show, Street Fighter Five did not enjoy this good of a launch. No, it was like a seventy-five, I think. <laughs> and you know, it had to kick and punch its way, you know, to <laughs> a, a decent score. And now, now it eventually got there. But you know, for Capcom to just blow this out of the water and be one of the big releases of the year, and again, as we said, June was going to be a big month, and with this game hitting as hard as it's hitting, you know. It's it's really poised to be one of the biggest months in gaming in a long time. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good on them. Yeah, I got one buddy who is really into Street Fighter Five. That's like the only game he plays. So I I, I do kind of want to reach out to him after. I'm sure I, he's got to be getting this day one, <laughs> and just yeah, and just kind of pick his brain a little bit. Sure. Like you know, not that we're fighting game aficionados or anything, <laughs> but you know, yeah. never hurts. Don't to get know. too technical on me. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our fourth thing. Ah. Yes. Um, so I've been dabbling with a little game called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 
Um, and just want to yeah, kind of go with some initial thoughts in my typical fashion. I haven't been able to, you know, put in 20, 30, 40 hours of this yet. <laughs> I'm still kind of early on, but, you know, I've been able to get the main four abilities. You know, if you're familiar with Breath of the Wild, you start off in an area. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, it was the Great Plateau, and you have to go to, I think, three or four different shrines that give you the abilities that you're going to carry out throughout the game. Uh, this is very much the same, except you're on the Sky Island, right? The whole thing about this game is Hyrule has basically splintered. Uh, there's a sky area. There's an underground area. This game is, if if Elden Ring is, it's it's Elden Ring esque, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's very intimidating in that regard. But, um, you know, I don't know what I'll be able to really say besides what probably people have already heard. <laughs> just that I echo all of those sentiments. Um, okay. You know, it, it's it's sucks. Yep, it sucks. Okay. Next game. <laughs> no, um, it's. I got a question for you. Sure. How does it run? That, that is like the biggest question <laughs> I'm hearing. I know, like. And you're not the Nintendo fanboy. This is not like you're... Yes. I mean, you very much like this game, but you're not like... The Switch isn't the only platform you play games on. This is not... You know, you're coming from it from a different viewpoint than I think most of the internet discussion is, which is just, you know, jerk off all over this game. Jerk <laughs> off. These yeah. cum shots everywhere, you know? Yeah. like. <laughs> you're right. You're right. In, in And I think your suspicions are kind of right. Um if I were to criticize this game at all, yeah, it, it, I've only really been playing it on handheld mode, admittedly. So like, you know, but I have put it on the TV, so I've seen what it looks like there. It looks rough, man. Um, I would, I wouldn't even say it's mostly how it runs. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, I feel like we've just, we've crossed into a level of graphical fidelity and just the way that things looked with this new generation where it really makes it seem a little extra gross. Like the colors kind of bleed in a little bit with one another. There is some pop in happening, um, some rough edges and things like that. So, you know, if I, I do think reviewers did not take any of that into consideration when they, when they graded it, which, you know, you're a reviewer, you can grade something the way you want to but it, there is definitely some bias happening with that and i think what a game's trying to do can always overcome the issues that it has you know like mm-hmm. skyrim and you know like that game is was very buggy very broken but what it was trying to do was so vast and so um innovative that you could overlook those faults because just everything else about it was so great that you could fill a house with cheese wheels and then come back and the house still had all the cheese wheels in there <laughs> you know that's 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 incredible game design john yeah and, yeah, and same here wheels. like when you see what people are building the how many different areas there are to explore what all the different abilities you have like uh, what's the ability where you can just go up ascend ascend the that's, like the, mo- that's like the most oppressive thing for me <laughs> you know what so i think like so I don't want to just be like, well, they ignored it. I think just when you look at this game as a whole, they that you sometimes can minimize those things when you're everything else about the game is just. Yeah, and that and that's exactly <laughs> you're exactly right. That is that is what this game is. The mm-hmm. technical marvel, the phys, the physics involved and the abilities that you have. I, it truly is probably the most impressively developed game I've ever seen. Um, you know, I was watching online earlier today. This dude who built this flying device that he attached. So it's it's like a it's like a drone that would circle an enemy encampment, and he had a little <laughs> ground soldier on the bottom of it. And so he flew the drone over the encampment. Somehow detached the drone. The drone goes into the camp. Everybody starts scattering. The drone up top <laughs> just starts lasering everybody. It's exploding, and he's just he's just sitting he's just sitting on top of the house just watching it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like that level of interactivity, it blows my mind. It almost seemed like these two things were working in tandem with one right. another. I don't know if they were or not or if just the AI is that good. But to build a game that is this big, that is this, you know, uh, th there's this many corridors and buildings and things, and you, you give the ability to, I can just go up if there's something above me, mm -hmm. or I can just put things together if they're able to be interacted with. And to build a game that doesn't break, that doesn't, you know, get you into a situation where you're completely fucked. It's, right. it's truly, truly impressive. Um, and then you, you add the fun factors, too, with, like, an ability to, like, fuse. Fuse is not as cool as I initially thought it was going to be, like, when they showed it off. But it's still fucking dope, like, especially right. with the arrows. Because, like, you know, there's, there was many times, um, you know, this game's hard. You know, if you play Breath of the Wild, I think it sometimes takes people back how hard this game is. It almost feels Souls-like in that way. But, mm -hmm. you know, I came across this, you know, this game's all about exploration. So I'm just running through high rule. I see something in the distance. I go towards it, and there's these huge enemies I've never seen before, and they one-shot me. And I'm like... Well, I guess I can't do this right now, and I, and I kind of just started to run away. But I thought, wait a minute, like no, there's different rules at play here. We can figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to attach a bomb flower to my bow, and it just two shot at them. And like they just exploded apart. It was great. And I was like, oh, you know, and it really, <laughs> your, it really gets your brain like doing these little things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. When you combine with like the way that they structured the world, right, with these little shrines that kind of use one of the mechanics you've you have in a different, unique way to get your brain to again turn to like use that mm -hmm. ability, skill, whatever, later in the game. Uh, it's really, really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then the things besides just the, the, the abilities, uh, I really dig the tone. It's definitely got a darker tone to it than, um, than Breath of the Wild. You know, a game starts off very, very cool opening where you're kind of going into the underground with Zelda and you, you stumble across uh, the skeleton of Ganondorf and it's really creepy. It does this like thing where his head's like upside down, his eyes glow red and he starts like, you know, the world starts to break apart and it's just, um, you know, Zelda gets gets lost and all this stuff and, you know, it's nothing crazy narratively, but it definitely has a vibe mm -hmm. to it, which I, which I, which I dig. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I am not crazy deep. I will continue to play this. This is the game that I'm, I just keep saying, play me, play me when I'm trying to get through Elden Ring. Um, but luckily it's on the switch. So there are times where I can just jump on it when I don't have time to go in my basement or anything. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I can't, can't act sing its praises high enough. It's pretty, okay. you know, it's truly, truly one of those special ones. Good. Good, good. Yes. Shocking, huh? Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you, you are right though, man. It's like, you know, in, in getting, watching the game docked, you know, it looked a little sharper. I noticed that the draw distances were better, things like that, but it's still, yeah, it's not the prettiest game you've ever seen. You know, I think they hide a lot of it with the art style. You know, the art style, if it, it, it allows it to do that, you know, a little more watercolory, pastel-y, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, but, um, it got away with a little bit there. Some Nintendo bias, I think. <laughs> but again, like, you know, I still have a long way to go. If I were to review this game, it is a 10 out of 10. Like, it, it is based on what it's been able to achieve thus right. far. So, sure. you know, I can't really, can't really, you know, now if we're, if all reviews were like, you know, if you went to Open Critic and it's like graphical score and gameplay score and things, then mm -hmm. like it'd be a different story. But okay, good stuff, my dude. You should play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, and we'll see. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our fifth thing, John. Hey. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We beat it. We both beat it. Yes. 
So, um, yeah, so I was able to get through Resident Evil 4. Um, this was Nick's copy, so, you know, he wasn't able to get to it until I got back, got it back to him. Um, but, yeah, I kind of wanted to let you take the conversation here a little bit, Nick. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll go over our, our total thoughts with, with it. But, you know, this is a, a game that I think you were not down on, but just tired of the sure. formula that, that was being presented to you. And you got back to it and felt a little bit differently. So we'll go through it. Just so I want to get your thoughts. I'll give you my <laughs> score and stuff as well. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what, what are your, what's your Resident Evil 4 take? <laughs> so if uh, the bring uh, people back up to speed is I played Resident Evil 2 and 3 earlier this year uh, in preparation for 4 and then started playing 4. Um, and at the time, we wondered, well, you know, is it because I played those two, two games before that I'm getting kind of fatigued on this? Or maybe it's because I'm playing Persona 5 in the background, which as listeners of the show know, that I loved very much, that I, I just had to put the game down because I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So I gave it to John, who completed it. And then once he completed it, he gave me it back, and that was 100% the case. You know, to have stepping away from it, not having Persona 5 in the background, being able to go back into the game and focus on it mm-hmm. uh, definitely turned me around on it. It is a very good game. It is very fun. Uh, certain sections, I think, drag on a little bit. I do think the weakest part of the game is because is is because of that is any encounters with the Ganados because there's so many of them yeah. and this not right from the village section to every encounter after that those are my least favorite games and then including the last third where you're getting Ganados that are wearing you know body armor and stuff like that uh, there's just there's just too much of it like and I know like. It's an arcade game, and it is impressive how many different weapons you get in this game yeah. to deal with them. But at, at some point, it's just like, I've had enough of this enemy type. And my most favorite points of the game were the ones where they're not there. Yeah. You know, the troll fights, uh, the lake scene, uh, the driving around the lake, the minecart scene, uh, the regenerators, which I remembered from the previous game which are just scary as fuck yeah they're creepy dude they're creepy did you, did you ever see the mod somebody did where they replaced ashley with a regenerator <laughs> no <laughs> it's really funny he's just like just like going through the whole game yeah and yeah and those are all my favorite sections and none of my favorite sections are like you know even like the bugs were are a welcome like change of pace to Okay, God, here we go again. More Ganados. Are they throwing dynamite at me or fire? Or they got those little pitchforks? Is it an electric pitchfork this time? <laughs> you know, and it's just they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And so those are the weakest parts of the game to me, but I think everything around it, I think outside of Ada Wong, the, the, the characters are all great. I, I thought Ashley did a great job as a character, as a person that – you know, the right amount of, like, scared and had to protect. And I even thought the section where you had to play as Ashley was also scary as fuck, was mm-hmm. one of the better sections of the game. That, yeah, I just – oh, and the Jack Krauser boss fight. Like, holy fuck did I have fun doing that, that one. Cool. That one, that blew me away. And um, it's basically a scene where Jack Krauser was, like, your mentor, and he's putting you through basically, like, combat training, you know. You're either dodging him, shooting at you, or attacking you with a knife. And then when you're not doing that, you're going through his little playroom of traps and booby mm. traps and every uh, Leon Kennedy's worst enemy, the bear trap, you know, that you somehow seem to walk into all the time. Um, but it never hurts him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does walk away from it pretty okay. Uh, but, yeah, and, and 
you kind of accept the game as as cheesy as it is, you know the the Sadler and uh, which I still don't know what his deal is. I guess he just wanted to take over the world. Just wants to be he's just power hungry. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You could end all world wars if you can control everybody, but you know it's just it, it was it was fun. I really had a good time. I enjoyed, you know, when I picked it back up. I think it was chapter eleven, and taking that all the way to the finish was good. it was a good time. Yeah, good. I really liked it. What's your score? Mm, I don't know. Okay, I'll talk <laughs> and you can think about it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I echo a lot of what what Nick said. Um, I just simply what I what I was expecting to get out of this game kind of wasn't what I what I got out of it. I was kind of expecting to go back into this this world. I've never replayed Resident Evil Four. I played it back when it came out in two thousand five, but I forgot a lot about this a lot about the story. Um, and things like that. So I was kind of excited to get back into the world and, and see Salazar again and things. But what I realized is, like, I just – I simply kind of counter to what you experienced, I think, Nick, is, like, I really just enjoyed the gameplay combat loop of it, of going in and just using the different guns that I I was able to tweak in my specific way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the loop of, you know, getting the headshot you needed, running through, hitting him in the face with a roundhouse kick, which is just ridiculous, or, <laughs> you know, leading everybody down a corridor and using some grenades and your shotguns, your, your whatever. Um, yeah. I was very surprised with how action-heavy it was. I never felt like I was going to run out of ammo um, or anything like that, which, no. you know, you could use as a negative for the game. But with what the game was, it, it's... Um, it, you know, I was one of those guys that kind of viewed Resident Evil 5 as the shifting point in the series. And that's not true. Like, no. at this point, no. like, after playing through this again, no, this this series shifted with this game. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but, like, yeah, it's, it's, it is very, very action-heavy. I do kind of wish it slowed down at certain points, gave me more closer claustrophobic areas. I think Resident Evil works the best when you are inside a building or inside something that makes you feel a little bit claustrophobic, like you can't escape. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the um, of the, the island section, just because, yeah, like, when everybody starts getting armor and I'm shooting people in the head and they're like, oh, I just knocked his helmet off, I got to do it again. That's when, like, things start to get a little bit annoying. Similarly, mm-hmm. to, similarly to Dead Space, how the last mission of that game is just, like, you're just going through and yeah. you're blowing yes. all your ammo out. It's like, this is fine, but this isn't what I'm here but this one played a little bit better, and, and I had I think a little more, more fun consistent. doing it. With Dead Space, you know, you weren't doing that for most yeah, of the game. Yeah, like, what the fuck? The Resident Evil, from the village section on, you know, it was kind of like reverse. Like, the, the slower sections were the, out of nowhere. Most of it was fast-paced, but... Yeah. But, yeah, maybe one of my, like, what I enjoyed about the game the most is maybe, like, the little bit of my, like, the minutia shit. Like, I still love the case. I love organizing the case. It drove, like I tried to do that. What you hit like L three and it organizes it for you. Yeah, drove me nuts because it's like everything's not where it needs to be. <laughs> Things need to be. Here's my ammo. Here's my healing. Here's my grenades. Like I, it has to be organized. It's, it's silliness. Are you this organizing your personal? No, life? no, okay. I, I don't That's know. Weird, then. I, yeah, I don't know. Something <laughs> something satisfying about the clicking and the rotation and like the cube structure of it all. Um, but then I, I love the economy in this game too. I, I think. It's a very rewarding game in the sense that every single enemy is giving you something, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just gives you a, a little bit of dopamine whenever you need it. <laughs> um, but then also they were very generous with the uh, treasures that you would get. They're very easily labeled on the map, so you can like I think I got all 41 without even looking at the map in the first area. And I was like, oh, that was you know that was cool. Um, so they're not hard to find. You know the gem inlay system is fun. That's just a <laughs> just a stupid little way. It to is just, really dumb, but satisfying. It, it is dumb, but yeah. <laughs> did you did you get the crown and and put the did you get the hundred thousand 
100,000 selling I trophy. I think I did. Oh, no, I didn't. Because it was a crown, and you got the, the square ones, and you got to get one color of each. If you have a different color of each, yeah. it multiplies it by two, and so you get 100,000. Okay. It's just like, yeah, just get like, yay, I got that. And then, you know, and then you get that money, and then you get to go blow it on some gun or some upgrade that you've been wanting for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's the other angle to the economy is like, yeah, they, they are very, very um, uh, forgiving with just – the ability to continuously change how you're kind of approaching um, uh, your combat, w- whether you want to pump all your like I pumped all my shit into the handgun. I don't know what you what you did, yeah, but which like handgun? red nine. Yeah, yeah, you did the one that you could shoot through, right? Shoot yeah, through two the Punisher. Heads. Yeah, no, I went went high damage, and it it really worked for me that whole game because it was just one shot in the head, roundhouse kick, knife on the ground, done. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it's just it's just it's just this. Lots of little loops, you know, but mm-hmm. but it does, you know, as it, as you go through it, it's like, all right, I'm just like, can I can I not fight another group of forty? And that's like early in the game, I remember like thinking I was doing something wrong because that very <laughs> first village fight, right? It's time, it's timer based, right? You don't have to, you're not going to kill everybody. And like as I was going through, I'm like, is this another fucking time thing? I swear, I killed thirty <laughs> people, and like, no, I just had to kill a couple more. Um, right. So it, it was a little intense in that way. But Salazar, great villain. Um, the the stranger is a good merchant, you know. Despite us having a, a combo about, you know, he's a good he's a good merchant, Nick. He's good. He, no. he's yes, he is. No. He's at least he's good. Fine. He's just oh, okay. I got an iconic lines. So are we splitting hairs? Are we are we rowing? <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah. yeah he's rowing. I mean, he's he's you know he's an above average merchant. He's above average. And uh, yeah, it's a four out of five for me. Four out of five. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a four out of five for me. Okay. It's not perfect, but everything it was doing. I think it did very well, and um, yeah, just you know some Ada Wong's voice acting bad, and just some yeah. maybe some slight pacing issues. So but. I I wouldn't I you know I wouldn't go after Lily Gao, whoever directed her and was right. like that's how it works. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they should not have been that able, lifeless. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There should have been some audio director, or sound director, or somebody that goes no 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 no. It, yeah, you got yeah. to get her back in the booth, and maybe. She, her schedule simply didn't allow it or something, but then you, <laughs> yeah, then, the you voice lines then you figure it out. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, yeah it was bad. Yeah. Um, and I just briefly want to talk about the rocket launcher because <laughs> I think the inclusion of that is perfect. It's a one-time use weapon, yeah. but it instantly beats any boss you fight. So if it's like, oh, I'm stuck on, there's you fight two trolls at one point, or you don't want to do the Salazar fight or the Sadler fight, it's just like, buy the rocket launcher, shoot it, done. Yep. No stress. And I, I really think like, that's I know this game has some microtransactions and ugh. does it? It does, yeah, for uh, upgrade tickets. Gross. Um, but uh, but that inclusion, that's kind of the gameplay design decisions I like. Is like, okay, I don't like this boss fight. Give the player the choice. Yeah, I'll I'll take. I mean, and there is sacrifice. There it was. The rocket launcher is eighty thousand pesos, so it's not like you were just oh I'll just buy, take the rocket launcher on this boss that I don't like. It's like well no I'm gonna lose out on upgrades and supplies, but I'll be able to get through this boss faster. So. I thought that was a great inclusion, and yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I didn't know that it was a one-time use when I first got it, um, and I guess luckily I bought it right before the first troll fight because I like I just I found some treasure. It all yeah. worked out. I was like, oh, let me see how much this damage this does. And like it just <laughs> the fight started. I shot it, and the fight ended. I'm like, what? <laughs> just ha-? and then I went back into my inventory. I was like. Where'd my rocket launcher go? <laughs> but, um, you know, I did admittedly use it for the last fight just because I had a ton of money and I was like, yeah, whatever. Right, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a game that's supposed to be replayed even though we're not going to replay it. I mean, you'll I'm, play I it will when the VR but... version comes out. But, uh, but, yeah, it's good, and you're right. It probably is a four out of five. It is a 
a very good one of those, and I really, really want them to make an original game in this engine. Like, yeah. Let's not re let's not go to five. Let's not go to Code Veronica. Let's just do an original game that's in this engine. Well, you you saw what the survey they just sent out is, right? No, no. I, I mean I saw that they're sending out a survey, but I didn't. Yeah, see they like they it. sent out a survey to everybody asking what game they want remade next. Oh, so no. it's probably I mean it's probably going to be Code Veronica. I have a will be five. I have a feeling. Yeah, either but I agree with you. I and and I do think nine. I think nine is going to be this first or third or VR game. Right. I, I, I all be all three. I, you know, and <laughs> it might they might charge you a hundred bucks for that version. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they they might paywall it, but I think they've they've been using these little things here and there, to kind of um, you know the Resident Evil Seven and Eight VR space right. and, and stuff to you know mess with that. So, all right. Well, before we move on, are you going to play Resident Evil Three? <laughs> I gave it back to Will when I saw him the other day. I mean, I want to, dude. It's just like to to put it in front of Tears of the Kingdom, Elden Ring. I, Do you want me to put it in front of Cyberpunk? <laughs> but I, I know it's only six. Well, here, yeah, that that is my point. Is like it, it won't sit in front of you very long. It'll be like, okay, I play it, finish it. Um, I just I'm just curious yeah. as, as your thoughts is now that you've played Resident Evil Four to go back and play this. Um, yeah, I, I I should. I really should because. You know, now that you know, you gave me your copy of four because reasons, um, and I have two, and I have seven. <laughs> I should just get them all. Maybe I, I mean, it's it's usually under ten bucks. When oh, right now they have that welcome to raccoon sale for two and three for fifteen, so I could trade two in and just yeah, get that yeah. for like you know yeah, ten bucks or something. But so. it's digital. I don't like digital. Gross. Digital games. Ugh. John. You don't like digital games either. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but when it's when we're talking ten dollars or no, less a sure. game, I mean, I'll, I'll, right. I'll happily just and, and again, there's always the nice of it just exists in my menu bar. I don't have to pop out of the disc and put another disc in. It's just like I move. really went through it with Tears of the Kingdom because I was like, I should just get this digital. <laughs> I don't, I don't ever want to probably get rid of this game, but I was like, nah, I just I gotta have the box. So I went right. and got it, but because right. it's a pain in the dick to have to. Like, I don't have fingernails. I'm a nail biter. So, like, yeah. I can't open the fucking cartridge thing on the Switch. <laughs> so, I have to find my wife. Hey, open this for me or get a knife. Um, but I'm sure Tears of the Kingdom will live in there for a while. All right. So. Well, anyway, post Elden Ring, we'll see what John is looking for. Maybe one day a wheel might return and we can put <laughs> Resident Evil 3 as one of the entries. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, would, I will say. I love say, to, you to give it a shot. I, I will probably want a little bit of a palate cleanser after Elden Ring. I'm not going to want to go, okay, Tears of the Kingdom time. Like, you know, time right. to jump into another 120 hour thing. Right. So. Right. So I'm just, I'm just saying, let's just, let's just keep it on the back burner because I, I, I would like to, like, ranking the three against each other, it would be interesting. Sure. So, all right. Sure. All right. So, wow, we got there. <laughs> final topic it's a quick one you know we're at the end of we are into june what are those june january playstation essential games again this is the lowest tier of the subscription you get these uh three free games at the first tuesday of every month so june 6th if you are subscribed to playstation plus essential or above you can pick these up and what are the games well the big one <laughs> nba 2k 23 John, yeah, you gonna get you gonna play this? No. <laughs> no. This comes from Visual Concepts and 2K Games, currently sitting at a 79. All right. This game's not even a year old. No, no. They, <laughs> I mean, these games 
hold their value worse than probably anything else. You know, the moment that the next one's coming out, this one is worthless. So right. it's, a, it's a nice thing to do. I, th- I think NBA 2K22 was also a free game for us at one point. Um, so, you know, fucking, it, it's a huge one. It's just we don't live in that space. We no. know we know that no, it's not sports our games and Call of Duty is the everyone everybody plays. So I know this is going to make a lot of people happy. Some some friends we have at work, we're pretty ha- pretty psyched to see this. Um, and I think it's only got a 79 because these games are riddled with microtransactions. Like yeah. as, a, as a basketball game, if you're into basketball, it's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just I got better things to play. Yeah, of course. For me. All right. And then the next game is Jurassic Evolution 2. If you ever wanted to run your own Jurassic Park theme park, kind of like a SimCity uh, simulation game like that, I play Jurassic Evolution. It's a very good Again, palate cleanser. You're not going to play a lot of games like this. Uh, this one's supposed to be a lot better, though. Yeah, yeah. It did review better. It is at a 79 as well. Okay. And also a game that has not even been out a year yet. Yeah. You know, this came out in November of last year, so it is kind of wild to see these games already up. Yeah, it's uh, like, I, you know, with this Days of Play sale, it's like Seafood's 24 bucks. I'm like, that's pretty good. It'll probably be extra in like three months, so <laughs> exactly. nah, maybe not. I don't know. Like, exactly. I love and hate it. <laughs> and then finally, we have Trek to Yomi from Flying Wild Hog and Devolver Digital. Uh, this game is just over a year old, mm-hmm. and this is sitting at a 72 on Open Critic. This is kind of the wild card, John. Do you have any interest in playing this? Aesthetically, absolutely. Like I, I love samurai movies. I love Akira Kurosawa, who did like you know those old school black and white Japanese, you know, uh, Rashomon, Seven Samurai, things mm-hmm. like that. So aesthetically, absolutely, it's just a bummer because it seems like the main complaint against this is it just has really frustrating limited combat. Which like, you know, as I said, I like com- combat and game feel is more important than, than anything else. So if it doesn't feel good. And, and there's, you know, I don't think there's any in-depth systems or things like that. Mm-hmm. I might download it, check it out, but I would not be surprised if I boot it up and pretty quickly turn it off. Yeah. Uh, every it's, one of these games. It's fucking pretty, though, dude. Like, yeah, I, every I one of these games has a PS5 version, which is also nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and again, yeah, if you're subscribed to those tiers, just add them to your library. They'll exist there forever. And then maybe one day you'll be like, hey, I want to play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like me and John might you skipping these yeah it's a pretty weak month but it's a good month to be a weak month because as we discussed <laughs> yeah it's a, kind yeah. of a banger of a month yeah you're either playing Otherwise. street fighter diablo 4 or, or final fantasy 16 you know or elden ring yeah <laughs> <laughs> one day one day yeah sorry <laughs> no no you're fine asshole <laughs> <laughs> gosh that game's like over a year and a half old it's older than these games. And I bought it day one, <laughs> and I'm a Souls freak, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Life, life happened. Wear protection, folks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Well, that is it. That is six things. We did it, John. That was one hell of an episode. We covered a lot. What are we going to be previewing for next week? Other than the game, uh, summer game fest, mm. do we do we think anything will be on the radar? Mm. Well, first and, first and foremost, Nick, I just want to say you've been you've been doing a great job with the show. 
Oh. And I got you. An, I got you an award. I got you the top banana award. Oh, thank you. You are now the top banana. I expect to see this every day. Uh, until he's been playing with this under his under yeah. his desk the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I've been playing with it a banana great. underneath the table. <laughs> and I was wondering what he was doing, but. Oh, oh you saw you. my banana, did you? Okay. <laughs> um, no, in terms of in terms of things, I mean, honestly, my only message to the audience this week is, if you have not tuned in to Netflix for I Think You Should Leave, <laughs> um, sketch comedy show with Tim Robinson, season three just dropped. It tickles. We've had countless references of this sh- of that show. Uh, admittedly, it's not for everybody. So, you know, if, if you've never checked it out, unfortunately, um, you know, you might think it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> However, uh, it's incredible if you let it sit with you, but yes. no, other than I think you should leave. Um, no, I'm going to continue doing what I do and try and hopefully on my, my birthday weekend, I get a, a, a you know, a, get a good one from my, my family and they say, enjoy yourself. Here's some, here's some beverages and some food and I'm going to get you some pizza. <laughs> enjoy playing games. Yeah. But, but no, man, other than that, I, I'll just kind of be, be doing yeah. Tears of the Kingdom and, and Elden Ring. It's, yeah, it's going to be a very busy month, you know, <laughs> obviously with the announcements, but we will be playing games behind the scenes, so it'll probably be like this episode. You know, we'll kind of have, like, a bunch of announcements in one week and then all the games we played in those two weeks and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But just the next week's episode is 52, which means for a full year we have been recording PlayStation Pals, and we have not missed a single week. Pretty good. I didn't like, you know, I, that was kind of our, our mission statement from day one is like, we're going, like we have to, if we're going to, going to do this, right. it has to be consistent. Right. Otherwise we have not, you know, we already don't have much of a shot to, you know, become huge, <laughs> but you know, maybe one day. Um, yeah. And you know, first year, one year down 52 episodes, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it more is. than 52. Cause we did some specials. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a year straight of right. recording the app recording. So I, Expect maybe not next week, but some things going around that. Well, you know, maybe a quiz for John about the show. Oh. I think <laughs> okay, he looked his, his face sold it. The amount a of quiz times for the, the show amount of times that I've brought something up to Nick at work and he goes, We talked about that <laughs> on the show. <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that oh that'll be very fun then. So definitely expect that. Maybe in a few weeks, because again, this is June. It is a cool month. You know, like just announcements and announcements. And I know we were let down by the Sony showcase, but maybe maybe Summer Game Fest is it. Keely is, he's like he's like Emperor Palpatine. Like he just gets stronger and stronger. Maybe that's not the right person. I don't know Star Wars very well. <laughs> he's like some Star Wars character that just keeps getting stronger by sucking. You know, he, he sucks all the energy around him. Um, he took E3. He took, you know, Kojima's powers. So, you know. That's true. That's I expected true. To, I expected to at least just kind of be a little bit better than it was last year or whatever. That seems yeah. to be his, his way of doing things. So. Yeah, I, I think he's poised to have a very good show, especially with a weaker PlayStation showcase that I think mm-hmm. he will bring it. All right. So that's the show. This is the song we're going to be leaving you on. It is Hyrule, sorry. Key rule. Hi, <laughs> rule. Hyrule. And this is a mishmash of our game, our favorite game of all time, A Link to the Past. Good it's one. by Game Chops. It incorporates all the music, all the sound effects. It's just a, a really good jam to jam out to and celebrate, you know, our greatest, our favorite game of all time, A Link to the and Past. And the greatest. Yes. Both. So enjoy that and then yeah expect on youtube two things we'll probably we're gonna upload them back to back our reaction to summer game fest and then our discussion of what happened there so be excited yeah (laughs) so we thank you for watching we thank you for listening again if you have any questions about the show 
PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, PSPalsPod on Twitter, and at PlayStationPals on YouTube. Any of those things, leave a comment, send us an email. Tell us what game we missed on the top 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell us why our opinion is wrong. Please, I will happily have that argument with anybody. But, uh, yeah. Ocarina of Time has got to be probably the number one game that would be on most top 50s, right? Maybe yeah. some, Maybe some Half-Life action. Yeah. But I, I don't know. But I think Majora's Mask is better, so yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to convince me. I get me that. Why. I get that opinion more and more as I feel. I realize as I've gotten older. Yeah, I th- I've <laughs> you're extending the show. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You, you just tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we we can get into it if you if you no. want to bring that argument, just email us out and then yeah. we're gonna go into it. So just just, just letting you know. So, cool. um, but again, yeah, thank you for watching, and we will be back next week talking about Summer Games Fest. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>